Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Please vote for Rovers Chat at the Football Content Awards for the best club content creator. The guys at Rovers Chat do an amazing job of bringing you the most up-to-date and accurate information that what's going on at the club. Hello and welcome to this special Rovers Chat book review video with me, Glenn Entwistle. Before we get started and into the details, thanks to our sponsors Six Yards Out and Blue Rose Capital for their continued support. We're also proud to be linked up with the Sporting Mind UK charity for this 2021-22 season. And to find out more about them and the work that they do, click the link in the description. And you can also donate to our charity fundraiser. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Michael Hodkinson, author of the soon-to-be-released book, No Near Never. Michael, how's it going? Well, it's uh, it's, it's been a long haul, Glenn. Um, and um, when, when I started to write it, I thought, yeah, six months. But uh, it's, it's probably been two years, really. And um, we, we, are at, we are at the end of the process now. Um, it's it's just a case of um, uh, publicising and, and selling it now. So we're, we're virtually there. You're almost there. Good stuff. So um, before we get into the book itself, Michael, which of the two sides of Lancashire do you support? Are you are you Blackburn side? Are you Burnley side? Where, where do your loyalties originate from? I, I think I'm, I'm, I hate to use the word unique person, but, but I think I'm a rare specimen in that... Um, I was born and bred as a Rovers supporter. I was on Ewood when I was eight, um, and um, that's 60 and a lot years ago. And and I've been Rovers ever since. But um, just before the millennium, a couple of years before the millennium, I started doing some work for Burnley Football Club with the scouting looking at predominantly 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds who were about to be released by the bigger clubs. And, and Burnley at that time were, were, were certainly not a big club at all. They, they were struggling to get out of um, the third tier down, um, which they did in my time there. But for, for about eight years, I, I, I worked part-time um, part weekends in the evenings for Burnley. And I, I grew to like them. <laughs> I, I, I got an affinity with them, um, but never a strong enough affinity so that when the two sides were, were meeting, I was always Rovers. <laughs> but if somebody had to ask me which is my second club, I would say Burnley. And I don't think there's many people around who, who, who would have uh, that combination. I think you're probably the only one that I can think of. It's a, it is kind of, I see what it's like, um, 
sort of by association, isn't it? Because I've, I've read the book and I've, I've read the bit that you talk about in terms of doing the scouting for Burnley and whatnot and becoming a bit more kind of sort of close to him. And I particularly like the uh, the section where you mentioned you sat down to watch the derby and as soon as the game kicked off, mm. you remembered where your loyalties lied. And uh, yeah, it's, I think you're definitely a unique case there. It's, uh, it's no, that, that was a strange moment in my life, really, because um, I... I'd, I'd, I'd been at Burnley sort of nearly every night that week and, and, and they, they said, you know, I will give you tickets. And I, 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 I tossed it around in my mind and I thought, no, I don't want to watch this game amongst a load of Burnley supporters. Yeah. So, so I thought it was a turf move. So, so I thought I'll, I'll watch it on the telly um, with the mates. And I, I was slightly uncertain as we sat down, which... <laughs> Which side I, I really wanted to win. Well, as soon as the whistle went, I mean, I, I, the, 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 there was uh, no argument, really. Yeah. It was no, rose. Fair enough. We'll carry on then. So <laughs> we're, we can carry on with that in mind. So uh, the title of the book, obviously a reference to the song sung by both sets of supporters, aiming offence and industrial language at each other. So um, what made you decide to write a book about the rivalry between the two sets of fans in the first? Is it that unique placing that you've kind of got with a foot in almost in both camps? I think so. Um, if you speak to anyone or, or if you read anything really about this rivalry, it, it's usually coming from one camp or the other. And I thought, you know, maybe it needs somebody to sort of sit down, look very logically about this, be unbiased, un, un, unbiased be, be balanced in, in, in your approach. And, and let's take it from there and, and see where we get. And, um, and and so 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 that 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 was the beginning of it. Yeah, and I think, like I said, from reading the book, that comes across really well. That kind of almost fifty-fifty split down the middle of, regardless of of kind of who's on top at the time, which we'll come on to in a bit, and, and kind of who, who's beating who in the rivalries. It, it is very kind of even all the way through. And I think mm -hmm. if you, you could pick it up. I, I I'll read a chapter, and you think, oh, this this is a Rovers chapter or this is a Burnley chapter. It, it does kind of have that balance to it, which is brilliant. I think you, you could, as a fan of either team, pick up the book and have equal enjoyment out of it, which is probably a testament to how well it's been written in that regard. Is there's, there's no kind of, oh, you can see he's got a Rovers hat on here or a Burnley hat on. It does come mm. across as being very unbiased, which I, I can imagine um, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So <laughs> I definitely have a little <laughs> bit of a sway on one side. But um, no, that's brilliant. So I was going to ask, how long is it taking you to write the book? So kind of two years, has it? So what, what, where did it start? Was it was it that feeling of you're probably the best person in the right position to write it from both sides? Well, I don't think I, I, don't think I ever actually thought that. Um, but I thought, well, you know, I've, I've, I've been following... The, the progress of the Rovers for so long. And if you follow the progress of the Rovers, you, you can't really hide from the progress of Burnley. Um, yes. And and so I, I did know a lot about it. Um, I've learned a lot, a lot, lot more since. Um, but uh, at no stage would I have said, I'm the right man to write it. I'm sure there are sort of other people who have a, a better claim on that one than I have. But... Um, uh, that, that that's where I came from, and I, I think it's like there's a phenomenal amount of effort gone into it. I was what I was going to ask was about the uh, the kind of the early early years, kind of way back at the beginning of the, the 20th century and before. What what was that research process like? Was that kind of old old newspaper writing? It's almost like a uh, 
like a historical reference text, isn't it? Back to kind of the, the origins of both clubs. It's... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I dipped into all the other books, uh, which uh, I suppose is, is, is legitimate. <laughs> yeah. um, because otherwise, you, 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 I, I would have had to invent it all, really. Um, and I, 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 I had access to some newspaper texts, um, and uh, it was interesting looking at, at the way they were written. written you know, you, you try and compare that with, say, the, the uh, a Sun or a Daily Mirror yeah. type article <laughs> now, and it's just utterly and completely like different. Different sports, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but I... I've also talked to a lot of people. Now, the only thing we talk with trying to find people to talk to is you can obviously only go back so far. Yeah, so far yeah. You know, you, you can't go back to find somebody who saw a game in 1888. <laughs> um, and, and the oldest player I spoke to at length was Brian Douglas, okay. um, who, who's, I think, just he may be 87 this week. I, he's very close to, to 87, anyhow. And... Um, but it's amazing, and it was sad as well, that, that so many of his contemporaries are, are, are either no longer with us or they're, they're in quite yeah. a poor state, really. Yeah, and, 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 and it's quite sad thinking about it. And I, I think the book does a great job of almost kind of, for a younger generation like myself, that history of those sorts of players and what they contributed to the club. It's kind of, you, you look at sort of like a Wikipedia page or something, it tells you that's the number of appearances, that's the number of goals, but you don't get the kind of context with that of performances, where we were in the league, what they contributed and stuff. So for, from my point of view, it, it was a definite learning experience for those years before. And like I said, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so as I say, I, I've had a read of the book, um, which uh, a little PDF view of it, which was good. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And um I like the way the book starts off with a general overview of the rivalry over the years. So you've got that kind of introduction of this is what it is. This is the rivalry. This is how it's kind of grown. And then dives into the history of both clubs and, and, and how it's got to the point where it's at together and how it, it didn't always start off like that. And that's kind of evolved over time. Uh, and like you mentioned, that the kind of equal page space given to both uh, both clubs, regardless of the performances or status at the time, is really good. I thought it made it a lot easier to read because it didn't have that bias and it did have that kind of season by season look to it but what becomes clear from the book is that success and failure are somewhat cyclical for both clubs and like you you call it the seesaw um so for me prior to the the kind of late 2010s all i'd known when it came to that rivalry was um, success for rovers and the length of time we'd gone unbeaten against them in games which i think was at 17 years when we first played them in 2000 but but the book highlights that it hasn't always been the case and, and I'm generally quite lucky to have grown up as a Rovers fan in an age where we were just completely dominant over them. We hadn't played them, but then when we did, we had the 2-0, the 5-0, and then the periods when they got promoted to the Premier League. Um, and I think the book highlights that that's not always the case. And for, for kind of my generation, it, it is a good kind of frame of reference of it's not always like this. Um, so, so from putting the book together, would I, I presume you'd agree with this, and do you see the cycle kind of coming back around anytime too soon and putting us together maybe in, in the league? And what league do you think that would be? Well, <laughs> I, need a, I need a crystal ball, obviously, to answer <laughs> that. And I I don't want to see Burnley relegated. I want to see the Rovers promoted. I, I want to see the next battle going on in, in, in the Premier League. Yeah. And But, you know, hand on hearts, I... I and I, I'm struggling to to get my head around that really because 
the Rovers are, are not in a tremendous place at the moment. Um, I, I, I don't see them as uh, as, as being um, promotion candidates, really. I, I desperately hope I'm wrong. Burnley, I th well, I thought, I thought with having new owners, I thought I would have thought Burnley would have made a bigger splash in the transfer market. And so, oh, I don't know, you know, the... I mean, it's all it's always a battle for Sean Dykes and his men, really, and 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 he, he has performed brilliantly um, yeah. at, at the club. But um, you know, I could almost see in in in, in another twelve months um, the, the the Derby games reappearing, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I want it to happen the other way around. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think I always say that kind of I, I can't see Burnley getting relegated with Sean Dyche as manager. I think they're always going to have a good run, a bad run, and it'll always be always this the time. But like you say, with the new owners coming in, you wonder, oh, are they, are they going to kind of do what Venkis did and change manager, do their own thing? And, and for me as a Rovers fan, hoping they do, because I can't personally see anybody going in there and doing a better job than Sean Dyche does. But at the same time, like you say, I, at this moment in time, I can't see Rovers getting promoted unless there's a, a massive slice of good fortune and we mm. get a decent run. I think um, yeah. the finances of football are, are such now that it's a completely different world to kind of back mm. in 2000 mm. and 2001, and it, it's just such a big ask. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'd love it to be in the top division, but I think it's more likely to be in the in the championship. So, um, yeah. So, so on to that kind of that, that 2000s period when we last played, well, not last played, but when we first played after the, the long kind of hiatus. Uh, I remember that first game at Turf Moor. Uh, in December 2000, I was 14 at the time and made the journey to the game on the convoy of courses. And I'd had an away season ticket for the best part of about a decade. So you kind of get a bit of experience of different grounds and things. But I'd never experienced anything like that game from kind of like meeting at Ewood to get on the coach to the convoy all the way to the ground. The, the mm. general atmosphere in the stadium, the kind of the the vitriol and the, almost that hatred mm. between mm. both sets of fans. And, yeah. and I just remember thinking to myself, we can't lose this game now, not being Rovers and where we've come from and where we were. And I had nerves pretty much from the start of the day right through to the final whistle and probably on the coach home as well till we got far enough down the M65. So um, over time, since that first meeting um, in 17 years, I think although the, the kind of the animosity has stayed between the two sets of fans, I do think the way the games are kind of policed and that kind of convoy of coaches has, has kind of relaxed a little bit, which I think has to be a good thing. I mean, it was almost farcical, some people that day, having to come from almost like Accrington or next to Burnley all the way to Ewood to go all the way back to Burnley, to come all the way back to Ewood, to go all yeah. the way back to Accrington. It was, yeah, a bit, yeah. it was a bit ridiculous. And you could see why it was that way, given kind of the, the dip period of time that had passed before they played how that had almost fueled that animosity. You mentioned before, I mean, being a Rovers fan, half-time was all about, do you do you boo the Burnley result at half-time or do you cheer it? So you'd always listen out for that Burnley result. <laughs> if, they're yeah. getting boo if they're getting beat, there'd be a cheer. If they're winning, there'd be a boo. So uh, I think that's kind of the rivalry. So um, so, so moving on to yourself. So so what's your first memory of the uh, the East Lancashire derby or El Lan Clasico, as some people call it? Um What's your your kind of first memory and your favourite memory from the derbies? Well, it it was um, the the first derby I saw would have been in the fifty eight fifty nine season, which the, the Rovers had just come up. Burnley were a great side then. Um, in fact, the year after they won they, they, they won the they won the league, they won the the first division title. 
um, and, and they always did, did quite well. I, I, I think they won three of the four points in in, in that 58-59 season. But the, but the season after was an amazing season because they, they actually clashed four times. And um, the, the um, they were drawn together in the sixth round of the FA Cup. So obviously both had had pretty good runs yeah. to get there. And the game, the game at Burnley was one that anybody who saw it will, will never forget. Burnley fans will, will never forget it because they were winning 3-0 and the referee gave a pretty dodgy penalty decision against them. Um, Alex Elder, who was a left-back, I can, I can picture it now. He, he swung at this ball with his foot and, he, he, and the pitches were poor in those days. So he must have struck a divot and come off the side of his foot. And you, you have, to have balance, you, you have your arms out. Um, you, you can't play football with your arms by yeah. your side. <laughs> and and it just sort of flew off the, the, the outside of his foot and, and hit, it, hit his fingertips, really. Now, nowadays, it probably would have been a penalty because, you know, anything that touches a hand seems to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in those days, the law stated most clearly that it had to be... Um, hand to ball if it was ball to hand it wasn't a penalty well this was this had to be ball it, to hand and he gave deliberate. his penalty. yeah yeah and, and 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 this this was completely accidental 15 minutes to go 3-0 we were at the what was the open end then at, at burnley the the, the all end as i think they still call it <laughs> and uh but uh, but this happened down at the other end but I, I, as i say i can see it now douglas rolled the penalty in um and then suddenly, from nowhere, we scored two goals. The Rovers scored two goals, and and not, not nobody could really believe it. And, and there were fifty odd thousand on that day. And from my point of view, it, it, it was a strange day because I'd been playing football that morning at St. What was then St. Theodore's School in Burnley, mm. um, for for Dawn Grammar School, and uh, we, we played there. And then we hung about in the town, bought some fish and chips or whatever, and and and. and I'm sure I was the first on the ground at about half past one. Um, uh, what well, we did for an hour and a half, I don't know. But then the replay, and of course the, the, the replays came the following week then, you didn't have a week and a half. Yeah. And the Rovers won fairly comfortable. Well, it went to extra time, but the Rovers were, were well worth their 2-0 win then. But um, And of course they went to Wembley and it was awful. Wembley was awful. They, they, they got beat 3-0 by, by, by Wolverhampton Wanderers in the final. But that, but those four games that year, I think was was may have been the the, the beginning of of the very very obvious rivalry that there is between yeah. the sides. I I think it came from then. Um, but just if I can just go back to the game to yeah, your first game, yeah. yeah, I I thought that was a wonderful game of football. It it, it, it I know the Rovers winning two 0 and probably in the second the second half display. They, they dominated, and, and of course, there was a horrendous tackle by Kevin Ball on David Dunn, um, which I don't think anybody has ever forgotten. And 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 Kevin got the long march, and it wasn't. It's always a long march. If you if you get sent off in at Burnley towards the Beal end, it's a hell of a long way to walk off. It's behind the walking. goal, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, yeah, because the, the, the tunnel is behind the goal. 
And it, it, I spoke to him at length about that. He told me one or two great stories of it. He said it, how he kept his cool when the Rovers fans were spitting on him mm. uh, as, as he sort of approached the tunnel. Uh, he, he didn't know. But uh, he, he, he did admit, eventually, he did admit that it, it was a foul. <laughs> I think I've, I read the section where he, his son said it was a fair tackle and his wife said she should have been arrested. It was that like, right. kind of splitting opinion. Yeah. And yeah. He, he, he phoned his wife on the way home and, and, uh, and she said, I didn't, I thought I would have to come and visit you in prison sort of thing. <laughs> and, and that, that's what I kind of come on to that is the level of interviews that you've got in the books. Fantastic. So you're like, you've got Kevin Ball, you've got David Dunn. There's a lot of Matt Janssen in there, Craig Shorter. And the older players as well. I mean, it it was it easy to get the interviews. Was was either side kind of more willing based on at the minute who's doing better and and kind of who was your, your favourite interviewee if you could pick one? Or was, was everyone brilliant? Is that I suppose if they contribute, it's always good, isn't it? They, it's good to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody had something something to offer. Um, I, I I think I think I've interviewed about twenty, and and I'm not going to tell you who, but two people refused to be interviewed. Right. But but, but twenty, uh, we're very very happy to talk, and and once you get them talking, really though, they just want to talk. You know, they yeah. they just want to bring bring back the memories. Um, I mean, Kevin Ball was the first one one I actually interviewed. Mm. Um. I, I got into a conversation with a guy called Ronnie Jepson, who, 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 who is Neil Warnock's sidekick. All oh, right, yeah. Um, but who played for Burnley right at the end of his career. Um, but he, he lives in Clitheroe, and I got into a conversation with him. He said, and it was his idea, really, that I should, I should interview players. And I said, well, you know, how, how do I get to them? Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, how do you get their phone numbers and so on? And 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 that he, he actually got me in, involved with Kevin Ball, and then the, there's a lady called Veronica Simpson at uh, Burnley Football Club. Who, but Burnley, I, I, don't, I don't know if they always have this, but Burnley have this former players association, and, and, and it's a really big thing at Burnley. And mm. she sort of runs that. She's like the secretary of it, and she gave me stacks of phone numbers. Yeah. Andy Bays on Radio Lancashire was also excellent. He, he gave me a lot as well. And uh, I, I'm not, I'm the sort of person really who, 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 who I mean, in some ways I'm, I'm quite, I'm very confident. In other ways I'm not. And, and I'm a little bit shy at approaching people and asking people for favours. But um, but one, once I sort of took a deep breath and, and, and sort of dialed the number, then it was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful talking. I mean, I, Two very sad ones. Matt Janssen was sad, and I mentioned this in the book. Where I was actually on 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 the motorway, certain motorway services, when I rang him on 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 the car phone, and my wife was sat next to me in the car, and my wife was nearly crying at the end mm. because of that terrible incident in in Rome. Yeah, and he, sh- he should have been in he should have been in Japan and South Korea, with with, with the England side. Ericsson told him he he, he was going. He He's told the Rovers, and and and. The night before, they, they, they threw in another defender instead of Matt. And uh, so he, he went off to, yeah. to, to Rome for all of us and get over it. And and this, uh, they were actually on, they hired a scooter yeah. and, they were on the, and his girlfriend was on the back of it. And, and this um, Italian taxi driver just mowed straight into him. And he, he, he was in a coma for six days. And he never, he never really got it back. Oh. He said physically he got it back. He said, but mentally he didn't. 
and uh, and it was so sad. And the other sad one was talking to Lenny John Rose, mm. who, who, who of course played for the Rovers, and then after going to sort of a couple of other clubs, he eventually ended up at Burnley. He's one of the few who've played for both clubs, yeah. and Lenny has. Um, I can't, can't quite remember what, 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 what the illness is, but it's, it's one of these that just creeps up on you and gets worse and worse, and, 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 and there is no cure for it. And halfway through, he, he said, I, 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 I've run out of energy to talk. Mm. And bless him, he said, I'll, I'll send you a long email with what, oh. I, what I can say. And he sent me this really long email, you know. And, and uh, I mean, moments like that, they, they stick with you, really. Yeah. And I suppose for... I- Centrifying with players, they almost love the reminiscing as much as the fans love the reminiscing about the things. Mm-hmm. Anything to kind of, and especially that kind of from sort of probably Matt Janssen's probably the end of it, but when players were a lot more kind of accessible and more kind of normal is probably the best way to put it. Before you yeah. get these kind of millionaires who are on however much a week, you've still got that element of somebody you can actually stop and talk to in the street or yeah. longer ago yeah. you'd see them in the pub and things like that. And like I said, mm. I think it's. I think they enjoy the reminiscing and telling telling the stories and, and things like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, just, to, I'm going to ask you an impromptu question now that I've just thought of while you were talking about Lenny John Rose, and it's, I, I don't know too many players that have gone from Burnley to Blackburn. I know a few that have gone Blackburn to Burnley. Is there any you can think of off the top of your head that have, have done the other other journey? There was a guy called Walter Joyce in the sixties um, who, who, who played in. In, in the derby for both clubs um, and his son also it was called Warren Joyce um, you, you may have heard of he, 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 Wigan he, guy was he at Wigan yeah. for a while yeah he, I yeah, yeah. 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 He, he, he played at Burnley he had two or three seasons at Burnley so 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 Walter made that move um, way way back uh, there was a guy called uh, Levi Thorpe but that was in the 20s Um but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the um, the later ones tend to have been like Keith Newton, who, who um, put in wonderful service at both clubs, England International, um, and 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 then there've been several recent ones. Michael Keane, yeah, who, who was on loan at the Rovers, David Jones, who was on loan at the Rovers. They they they, they both went on to sign full time at oh, Burnley. Dear. Um, and, and they both played in Dor- in, in derbies with, with with both shirts on. Yeah, I think there's there's Andy Todd as well, isn't there? I think he was alone at Burnley for a while. I seem to remember that was the making of him that season. He was he came back like a, a new player. He was... Yeah, he, he he didn't play in a, yeah he didn't play in a derby game no. for Burnley. Well, he didn't play in a derby yeah, game. But yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's not it. It wasn't easy to play in derby games because for years there wouldn't be one. You, you can't play in a derby game if there isn't. If there isn't one, one. yeah. Obviously, <laughs> I mean Simon Garner, the one of the most hated figures in Burnley, only played in three derby games, mm. and yet he's got his terrible reputation in Burnley because every time he, he scored four goals in three derby games, which and, and, is a tremendous percentage, really. And then he went to West Brom and scored for West Brom as well, didn't he? At Burnley, yeah. When he, when he yeah. returned, so uh, he still maintains he didn't send that plane over, though, doesn't he? He's still yeah, adamant yeah. it wasn't him. Yeah, <laughs> and he also says, although he said he wished he, wish he had it done, he, there was a rumor going around that 
he whipped his shirt off when he's this is when he was at West Brom. He whipped his shirt off, and and um, the, the rumor going around was that he was actually wearing a Rovers shirt underneath. But he said, I wasn't, he said, I wish I hadn't been. He said, But I wasn't, I didn't. Just adds to the folklore and it adds to the fandom, and, and he's kind of starred of it's uh, yeah. And, and again, Simon Garner, I think he's interviewed in the book as well, isn't he? Simon, he's oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, he's a. Uh, very amusing man, Simon Garner. Yeah, he had some good stories. People like Derek Fuzakli, um again, who's uh, um, a bit of a thoughtful sort of guy, Derek, and and um, yeah, and comes across as quite intelligent as well. And and he, he must be in his late sixties, and he's still in the game. He, he's yeah. assistant manager, I think, at this minute at, at Oxford. Oh. Um, he, he 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 told me several good stories as well. And of course, he, he he's played more games for the Rovers than anybody else. Yeah, and I can't see that being beaten anytime. No, no, no I can't. A phenomenal can't. record that, and and like I, said, I, I didn't, I remember Derek Fazakli. I think he did. He come back as a coach, didn't he? Under someone, he did. Just, yeah, he did. That's, yeah, that's my kind of memory of him. I, I didn't know he'd had that kind of history of the number. Oh of yeah, yeah. He's seen there forever. Um, mm. Derek, he, he, he was he was just always in the side of centre back and. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 I don't know um, where else you want to go with this interview, but can I just say one or two other things as well? Yeah, the, jump into I, it, you're all right. I, I, I look at, I do, I do, apart from the rivalry, I, I, I do look at one or two other, other areas. Like, I ask the question, um, who do you support and why? Mm. And and it's, it's quite a philosoph philosophical question, really. You know, I mean, why are you a Rovers supporter, for example? Yeah, so so me is um, basically brought up a Rovers fan. So my dad's uh, mm, mm. He's, he's kind of he's been a Rovers fan since he was little. My mum as well. So my dad's kind of been a fan. He's worked on the turnstiles. He, he did kind of the junior Rovers stuff when I was young as well. And he's, he's just always had a season ticket. It's, it's kind of ever since I can remember Saturday has been up. Rovers, whether that be home and during the 90s, kind of we'd do away games as well. It was just kind of brought up a Rovers fan. That was just it. I'd, I'd love to think I had a choice in the matter, but it was just kind <laughs> of bored. Off you go to Rovers. I, I'm fairly certain I, I was nearly born at a Rovers game when my mum was kind of pregnant with me, but uh, <laughs> that's probably where it starts from. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that would have been the, one of the world's <laughs> great stories, that one, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so I, I'm usually told about that. My, um, my middle name is, I was told, my middle name is, I'm called Glenn Entwistle by the name. So yeah, my yeah. name is Glenn Simon David Simon Entwistle. The Simon David Simon is because mum and dad said, whoever scores for Rovers today is who, what your middle name's going to be. And I think there was um, Simon Barker, si uh, David Hamilton, and maybe Simon Garner were the three. So it's kind of that, our family's just, it, it does my wife's head in. My wife's a Man United fan. And she oh, says, yeah. whenever we go to a family occasion or anything, it takes about 10 minutes before everything just refers back to oh, about Rovers. How are Rovers getting on? What do we think of this? And he does a reading, but it's kind of a family thing. We're all kind of pretty much all season ticket holders. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it helped that when I was growing up, we were we were on the up and we were we were kind of pushing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, I, I um, came to the conclusion really that it's about geography. It, mm. You know, it, it's, it's about where you were brought up, really. It, it's certainly about family. Um, it, it it's also about I think who which was one of the biggest sides when you were a, say a little boy or a little girl, um, 
and that's all right i think um i mean i, I was at a guy's house this afternoon who went all well and he, he, he's a he, he lives in dawn he's, he's he's always lived in dawn his family's always lived in dawn but he's an avid manchester united supporter mm. and he has been since he was he, he was quite young that's all right I've, I've no objection with that what i have an objection to of people who change their allegiance, <laughs> you know, what once the results start going against the team that they're supporting, that's what I, I don't like. But th there are there are people as well who, who um, and, and I, 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 I ask this I ask this question of a lot of the players I interview. Well, well, who do you really support? And and and, and you get some interesting answers there. But I've also asked, you know, gen general spectators. Well, wh why do you support such a team and so on? And what one guy who's contributed quite a bit to the book, he 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 was brought up in in Haslinden, and Haslinden's a border town. It's like in the Acton, middle, isn't it? Yeah, Accrington's a border town. Clitheroe's a border town, uh, um, and so he, he said, "Well, he said I, I had to make my mind up whether I was going to support Burnley or Rovers." He said, "And I chose Rovers." He said, "But I have, I've got to admit now that if I'd have chosen Burnley." I would probably have been as crazy on Burnley as I am crazy on the Rovers now. Yeah, and it, I just think it's, it's quite a fascinating topic, really. Is that? I think it is. Like you say, it's almost like a mixture of those things, isn't it? That kind of family ties, the geography, and also kind of recency bias. Bias. So, who's doing well at the time? Were you being pushed towards and things? I remember, kind of in the nineties, there were there were people springing up as Rovers fans, kind of across the country. We've got um, got a few contributors to Rovers chat who don't live anywhere near Blackburn, but they're, they're massive Rovers fans. And mm. I think there is an element of at that time, at that age, when you're just getting into football, and it's yeah, kind of, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm mad about this. Is you don't want to be supporting someone that's rooted to the bottom of the league. So I think, particularly from my point of view, that generation there's a big link to that. But you can't change your team. It's one of those things for me. It's, well, been, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could be performing brilliantly. They could be performing awfully. It's it's still your team, isn't it? You kind of still you stick with them through thick and thin. And and I think, like you said, the book kind of goes through that of these are when it was thick and this is when it was thin, and you got to stick yeah. by them. So uh, yeah, definitely. And one guy who's a Burnley supporter has a quote in, and and he says that um, when you support Burnley, he said you hope for the best, but you fear for the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I think that sums up, you know, irrespective of, of any club, really. Yeah, I think that sums football, doesn't it? Really, hope yeah, for the yeah. best, but expect the worst. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so as I said, I thoroughly enjoyed reading the book, and I'd say it's a must-read for both sets of supporters, even just to understand the history of the rivalry and, and who comes out on top, both in derbies themselves, and also in terms of just general league performances and how that changes over time, and that kind of seesaw nature that you mentioned. So, so for Rovers fan, it can offer some encouragement that during current times, we could get better and things could change, and for Burnley fans, it's a reminder, don't get too comfortable, because these things are a seesaw, and they, they could flip back round, so... Uh, Thanks so much for your time, Michael. Is there, is there anything you'd like to kind of finish with or, or add before we finish? Well, um, my my publisher says that I, I, if whoever I speak to, I've got to tell people how they can buy the book. Um, you, you beat me to it. I was going to ask that, but go for it. You're all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, well, so so this is a remember that the. the, the I'm in my seventies, and things like YouTube and uh, podcasts. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I don't quite totally understand them. But so this is a you. This is going out on YouTube, is it? Yeah. So so what will happen with this is um, it'll 
Okay, I'll come back to the question in a minute. You're all right. But um, basically what will happen is Dan will edit it together and it'll sit on our YouTube kind of channel. So anybody that subscribes to it. So I think we're up at kind of over... We've got 10,000 followers on Twitter. I'm not sure what it is on YouTube. But everybody who follows us and subscribes will get a notification when this comes out. So um, basically it'll flash up on their phone, their inbox, that there's a new video and they can come along and watch it for free. At the same time, we'll also kind of tweet it out on Twitter, on Facebook, and just kind of shout that we've got a new video. This is the book. We can put in links to kind of where to buy it from and, and stuff like that. So we, as I say, we've got 10,000, probably more than 10,000 followers on Twitter now. So everyone's going to see that tweet and, and kind of the, the, the interviews there and then about the book as well. So we'd be more than happy to kind of push it for you, definitely. So, yeah, so so you, you, you've you got the name of the – you must have the name of the publisher because he – I, I think he got in touch with you first, did he not? Um, yes, is that um, Legends Publishing? Yeah, Legends yeah, Publishing. Legends, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you could do that for us, that, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, no, not a problem. I'd say when we put the video out, we'll, we'll put it in the link and, and kind of yeah. all that stuff. And yeah. if there's anything yeah. else that, that needs to go out, we can we can put that in there. That's fine. And like you say, it's, it's just getting the word out, isn't it, and things. So um, if I go back to the question, I'll kind of um, – do, 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 I'll jump back to my when's the book out and – how can people get a copy? Is that all right? And then we'll we'll take it from there. You can go that way. So we're... Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 do. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm trying to think where I was up to now. So uh, I'll go with this. So I think from the derbies that I've been to, my, my favourite moment has to be the, the David Dunn equaliser at Ewood. I think you can't have a, a, a video about Rovers versus Burnley and, and that rivalry without that goal at Ewood when he scored. Not offside in the 92nd, 93rd minute, whatever it was. I think in terms of, as a football fan, there was an element of relief to that. And just, for me, that encapsulates the derby. We've not won. We probably weren't good enough to win, but just getting that point keeps kept the run going as well at the time. That'll it did, it did, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, I've, I've had this discussion with a lot of people, and, and the majority tend to think that if VAR was in around then, it, it would have been offside because I think it just about flicked off um, Jason Law's toe or something, but very, very slightly. And, and of course, David had made, begun to make his run. Mm. Um, he, he wasn't offside when whoever it was. He was a guy called Cameron Stewart, I think. Yeah, Cameron Stewart. Yeah. Briefly played for the role, was it? On loan. <laughs> on loan, but yeah. I think it was he who knocked it in. And. Um, and then, and, and in fact, David couldn't believe that anybody could suggest it would be offside. He said after he looked at it, the the, the video a lot of times. He said, "Well, maybe, maybe I was, you know." <laughs> I think, I think that the goal was brilliant, and then when like like the YouTube videos start coming out of the Burnley fans celebrating, it goes in, and, and there's just silence and that kind of oh god, not again, that's happened sort of thing. And, and like I say, for me, it was that equalizer, that keeping the run going, and, and that's what derbies are all about. It's not all about winning; it's about kind of getting one over on your rival if possible, but not losing is kind of the key thing sometimes. So, um, so moving on, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of bring it to a close now. So um, the book itself, when's it out and, and how can people get hold of a copy? Well, it's out at um, in, in, in the last week in September. Um, and uh, at, at the moment, it's being sold on Facebook. Um, and so... If, if if you people, for example, can put the link out, yeah, we'll put the, the link out. The, yeah. the link's in a lot of places. If they go on the link, then it's just like buying something off Amazon or something like that. You know, you you, you like that. I mean, it's an expensive book because it's it's 
only a few pages short of 500. It's, it's, it's hard back. It, it's it's going to be heavy. Um, the, the, there are a lot of pictures in it. It's not it's not a book that's primarily pictures at all. It's primarily text, but there are there are a lot of pictures in as well. Um, and um, and and just if I can just say that the last thing really because I mean we've had some comments from I mean these are mainly from Burnley supporters but who say oh I'm not buying a book which is written by somebody who's a Rover supporter you know but it's it's a celebration of of two wonderful small clubs really historic um, clubs as well though yeah with with, with tremendous histories um, they were there at the beginning. Um, and I know where, wherever the end is, hopefully they'll be there at the end as well. Um, and don't forget, you know, we live within an hour's drive of maybe, I don't know, three of the best half dozen clubs in the world. Yeah. The two Manchester clubs and, and, and Liverpool. And, and at various times, we've gone head to head with them. Uh, this is both both Burnley yeah. and, and the Rovers. We've gone to head to head with them, and on occasions we've beaten them, and on occasions we've we we have stopped them winning things. Um, you know, there's so much to be proud of. If you're a Rovers supporter, if you're a Burnley supporter, there's so much to be proud of. And I just hope that this comes out through the book, really, because that's I, that's I, what I tried to do. I'd, I'd definitely say that it does. As I say, it's, it's balanced. It's kind of you. I don't think you could look at it and, and pinpoint you as a Robes or a Burnley fan. I think that that's how well it's written in terms of kind of the balance to both teams and, and like the pride in the history and kind of way back into like the, the early 1900s, right through to kind of now. You, you've got those momentous results that the kind of nostalgia that goes around that what was around the teams at that time and like you said that that pride in a two small almost town mill town clubs. Competing yeah. with the big boys of like your Manchester United, your, your Liverpool's, your Man City's nowadays, and yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a good reference point for that. So, uh, so thank you very much for your time, Michael. Best of luck with the book, and um, let's hope in a few years there's a second revision charting Rovers' kind of uprise back into the Premier League and, and well, a reversal of form or, or another derby. It will be nice, and, and can I just say how much I've enjoyed being 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 on? It's been oh, been lovely. Yeah. It's been fantastic to have you. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Bye bye. So, as always, we'll leave you with a message from our sponsors. Thank you. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.